The woke mob wants to erase our history, tear apart our country, and even cancel Canada Day. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. Sir Winston Churchill has become just the latest victim of the deranged mob here in Canada. Churchill joins an esteemed club of historical figures who have had their statues defaced or torn down in recent weeks and months in a fit of criminal rage by a nameless, faceless mob. Canada's founding prime minister, Sir John Macdonald, early advocate for universal education, Egerton Ryerson, and Canada's founding monarch, Queen Victoria, have all become the target of cancel culture and woke leftist vandals. And while there is some feigned condemnation from left-wing leaders over the destruction of private property, there's also a growing political and intellectual movement that seeks to legitimize this woke worldview. When news broke that Winston Churchill's statue had been defaced and doused with red paint in Edmonton, Edmonton's wannabe woke mayor Don Iveson failed to condemn the mob. Instead, he sort of promoted this idea that we should apply today's hyper-politicized speech standards to historical figures in the past. Iveson said that he welcomed the discussion of, quote, addressing historical wrongdoings and inequalities like systemic racism, unquote. And then he simply said that there's better ways to do this than vandalizing city property. So in other words, he's okay with the concept of tearing down statues, of removing and canceling historical figures who weren't adequately woke, but he just wants to do it through the government, not through mob rule. And he believes that our society is systemically racist and needs to be dismantled. This is critical race theory to a T. But Iveson is far from the only woke public figure promoting this divisive race-based politics. He isn't even the wokest government official in Edmonton City Hall. I think that award might go to Nisha Patel, who is the City of Edmonton's Poet Laureate, a taxpayer-funded government position. And she openly voiced her support of the vandals and their political tactics. If this is what it takes to reach a critical point where opposition is taken seriously by people who are bigoted, this is what we have to do. We shouldn't build statues of anyone. We should take these statues down and show that we are brave enough to embrace that we have new understandings, not standing up for living people as we exist today shows that you don't care about the people around you. You care more about a name on a plaque than you do about the people who live in your own city. She told Global News that the vandalism simply shows that any attempt at dialogue or outreach has truly failed and that there are angry people with valid feelings who want to express their frustration. According to Global, she also added that it's important to note that the people who vandalized the statue did not harm anyone. You get that? If you're on the far left, it's perfectly reasonable for you to be angry and for you to express that anger and that frustration through the destruction of property. I wonder if she would apply that same logic to people on the right who are angry about, oh, I don't know, high taxes or mismanaged immigration policies. Would she also be okay with them expressing their anger and their frustration through the destruction of property? Or is it only the far left who are allowed to be angry and violent? Patel goes on to say, I think if this is what it takes to reach a critical point where opposition is taken seriously by people who are bigoted, then this is what we have to do. So in other words, if you oppose the woke mob tearing down statues or erasing our history, it's because you're a bigot 
and that only further justifies the woke mob tearing down statues and erasing our history. Must be nice to be a poet laureate. Why does the city of Edmonton even have to have a government poet? Look, Patel is just one of many public figures today who seem to just hate Canada. They hate it so much they want to destroy every institution in our country. In the aftermath of the alleged terror attack in London, Ontario, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh told us what he really thinks of Canada. The reality is our Canada is a place of racism, of violence, of genocide of Indigenous people, and our Canada is a place where Muslims aren't safe. They aren't. They aren't safe. Muslims are not safe in this country. Muslims are not safe in this country. You know, that would be news to my husband's family who escaped real tyranny in Iran, and they found a peaceful, welcoming community and home filled with opportunity and freedom in North Toronto. I guess they didn't get the message from the NDP and Jagmeet Singh that one politicized tragedy in London, Ontario, means that Canada's one million Muslims are no longer safe in the world's most diverse, tolerant, and open society. A 27-year-old MP in Singh's caucus echoed her hatred for Canada in her farewell speech in the House of Commons last Tuesday. Momilik Kakkuk, NDP member for NDP, blasted Canada as a colonialist hellhole built on the oppression of Indigenous people and whose history is stained with blood. Every time I walk onto House of Common Grounds, speak in these chambers, I'm reminded every step of the way I don't belong here. I have never felt safe or protected in my position, especially within the House of Commons. When I walk through these doors, not only am I reminded of the clear colonial house on fire I am willingly walking into, I am already in survival mode. Since being elected, I expect to be stopped by security at my workplace. I've had security jog after me down hallways, nearly put their hands on me and racial profile me as a member of parliament. People don't like me don't belong here in the federal institution. I'm a human being who wants to use this institution to help people, but the reality is that this institution and the country has been created off the backs, trauma and displacement of indigenous people. There is nothing, nothing to take pride in in the legacy this institution continues to not only maintain, but to build and fuel. Her angry rant, which was filled with baseless accusations and fanatical hyperbole, was applauded and promoted by the legacy media. I've yet to see a single public figure in this country counter her radical claims or refute her fever dream excoriation of this country. And as for her weird claim that security stopped her from entering parliament, Maybe that has more to do with the way that she presents herself and not because of her race or her skin color. Look, when I was her age, 27, I worked as a political staffer on Parliament Hill. And let me tell you, I too was stopped and asked to show ID every single time I entered the building. Sure, I wasn't an MP, but I worked there. I was there every day. And I never ever once thought it had anything to do with my skin color. I just assumed it had everything to do with security. But the media and her political opponents across the aisle let her have a pass. No one asked her about this. No one pushed back. I mean, she was only taking a shot at security guards. And in the Wokes ladder of oppression, security guards rank just slightly above police officers. So obviously they deserve all the criticism in the world, according to the left. Instead of pushing back, 
media and political leaders now allow the radical woke left to use Canada as a punching bag. The latest news today is that the Tecumloops chief has called on all Canadians to cancel Canada Day and instead use the day as a, quote, learning opportunity, unquote. So instead of trying to keep things in perspective, realizing that Canada is a great, albeit imperfect country that is always learning from past mistakes and constantly striving to do better, we ought to just cancel Canada altogether. Defending Canada is just now so passe. It's much more fashionable to condemn Canada as a uniquely terrible, systemically compromised fail state built on irredeemably horrendous leaders who committed unspeakable atrocities and crimes against humanity. If that's your worldview, and it seems like that is the legitimate worldview held by today's cultural elites, well, then it's no wonder that they want Churchill's head on a platter. Sure, he beat Hitler, he defeated the Nazis, he stamped out fascism across Europe and potentially saved the West from that fate. Yeah, he did all that. But, you know, Canada and probably all of Western civilization is just as bad as the Nazis. So why should we celebrate him anyway? That's the worldview of the left and nobody is standing up to it. I'm Candace Malcolm and this is The Candace Malcolm Show.